Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. We'll start the Buzzcast with the good gesture notice. Naomi Osaka has promised to donate her earnings from the U.S. Open warm-up tournament next week. That's the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati. She'll donate her earnings to help earthquake relief efforts in Haiti, the country where her father is from. Nearly 1,300 people were killed in that devastating earthquake in Haiti, a 7.2 earthquake on Saturday, and Osaka now has pledged to help. Good for her. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Monday, August 16th. Hope everybody had a good weekend and ready to start a new week. Let's start the Buzzcast with some college news because trying to keep the SEC's power under some control, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC have had preliminary discussions about forming an alliance. Commissioners George Klikoff from the Pac-12, the Big Ten's Kevin Warren, and the ACC's Jim Phillips have been in regular communication and have had some in-person discussions. This is according to both ESPN and The Athletic. All three commissioners met last week in Chicago, and sources said the talks have centered around not just a scheduling alliance in football, but in a broader cooperation. Some suggest the larger goal is alignment so that the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC can work together and vote together on major issues such as the college football playoff expansion and upcoming NCAA governance changes. So they believe that any voting alliance could check some of the SEC's ambitions and check some of the SEC's possible policy goals. So continue to look for this story as it develops, but certainly the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC want to somehow keep the SEC under control. Notably, the Big 12 has not been part, reportedly, of these discussions. Let's shift to baseball because the goodwill around MLB's Field of Dreams game on Thursday night continues. Ratings from the broadcast show that Fox's Thursday night broadcast from Iowa ranked as the most watched regular season MLB game on Fox since 2005, 16 years. It averaged nearly 6 million viewers across Fox and Fox Deportes. It was also the most streamed regular season baseball game in Fox's history. The top five markets for the game? Well, not surprisingly, Chicago and New York were one and two. St. Louis, always a baseball hotbed, was three. Hartford, Connecticut, with its number of Yankee fans, was number four. And Kansas City was number five. You know, pro football talk put some context around M. MLB's rating on Fox and compared it to Fox's broadcast to the NFL's Hall of Fame game also on a Thursday, August 5th. The Hall of Fame game averaged 7.3 million viewers for Cowboy Steelers. A week later, Fox drew just under 6 million for Yankees White Sox. One, this shows the great appeal of the NFL, but regardless, it was a good night for baseball. It was a good number for baseball, but that comparison shows nothing really touches the power 
of the NFL. Staying with the NFL, congratulations to the Rams and Chargers and the Raiders as they finally welcome football fans to their beautiful new venues. On Saturday night, nearly 70,000 fans attended SoFi Stadium for the Chargers-Rams preseason game. That was the first time fans were allowed in that new venue for a football game. SoFi Stadium will, of course, host the Super Bowl in less than six months. Meanwhile, Raiders owner Mark Davis, he gave out high fives and signed autographs as fans attended a game at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday. The Raiders preseason opener against the Seahawks, first time fans were allowed into that venue for a football game as well. It was hot. Despite 106 degree heat, more than 50,000 fans still made their way into the facility. There was a mask mandate throughout the stadium, but Mark Davis would not commit to requiring fans to provide proof of vaccination or a negative test when the Raiders open the regular season on September 13th. But that issue about whether or not fans will have to require proof of vaccination or show a negative test will be around the NFL as it leads in to its opening weekend. On Friday, we saw that the Barclays Center mandated proof of vaccination for anybody who's attending a game at the Barclays Center. I do want to stay with the NFL because Bill's owners Terry and Kim Pagula are trying to change the narrative around any new stadium in Buffalo. And the Pagulas came out with a statement over the weekend that said they are committed to paying a portion of the projected $1.5 billion in their proposal to build a new Bill Stadium. A spokesperson for Pagula Sports and Entertainment said that the Pagulas have always believed it would take some form of a public private partnership to build a new facility in Buffalo. This marked the team's first public statement since discussions with the state and county on the team's future home. And it was certainly intended to end any speculation that the Pagulas were anticipating taxpayers to pay for the entire development and the entire cost of the stadium. But this is an interesting story to watch because the Bills now are entering in negotiations with the state as the state welcomes a new governor following Andrew Cuomo's resignation. And so now keep your eye on negotiations for the Buffalo Bills and any new stadium in Buffalo. And I want to end the buzzcast with an interesting story as we see more and more team deals in the sports betting space, the NBA will loosen restrictions on a team's sports betting sponsorships for this upcoming season. With this move, the NBA will give casinos and sports betting operators an array of new assets and new inventory, and that will allow teams to sell more integrated deals, which should result in more lucrative deals. So what will be the changes? Well, teams will now be able to post sponsored live odds and betting lines in betting lounges and in club areas in arenas. So when you're in a club area, you'll be able to see some of the latest betting lines and specifically around some of these sportsbook lounges. That will be welcome news for sportsbook operators that want to use these spaces to attract and engage potential customers. The NBA will also allow teams to hold sports betting nights at up to three home games per season. And these sports betting nights will likely be sponsored by a sports book. So that again, new inventory. So all this comes as leagues are becoming more and more open with their inventory. Remember last week, the NFL said it will allow its TV partners to sell up to six advertising spots per game 
to sports books this season. That's a new policy. That ad time sold by Fox, CBS, NBC, and ESPN. That will go to three sports books, Caesars, FanDuel, and DraftKings, and also a number of second tier operators. And that would be like Foxbet. Bet MGM, points bet, and win bet. So again, expect to see ads from those brands during the fall during NFL action. Leagues are gradually becoming more and more comfortable with their sports betting relationships. And of course, they're looking to make more and more revenue from these deals. That's why they're opening up more inventory. So that is your morning buzzcast for Monday, August 16th. I'm Abe Matcor. Hope everybody has a great start to their week. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.